Beards for Radio. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Beards for Radio. I'm Joe. And I'm Sasha. And a couple of things to get to on this one. We have a reboot in the works for The Dark Knight, but not to worry. It's not another movie, even though there is one on the way. <laughs> um, the Pistons are moving on from a quote-unquote franchise player. The Wolverines got hardwood revenge on the Spartans, but Michigan State re- rebounded with the road win over a top 25 team later that week. And we open with, after Mark D'Antonio's surprise retirement, and the man who now replaces him. So, Mel Tucker, he is now the 25th Michigan State head football coach. And, you know, it was, it was such a weird feeling uh, about nine days ago now when Mark D'Antonio tweeted out his retirement. And, um, I was working, but you were the first one to really break the news to me because I wasn't on my phone, but you sent right. me a message. And um, it wasn't like sadness. It was some shock, but it was it was a whole lot of feelings. Some of it honestly was relief, and some of it was just worrying about like, what do we do now? Because this is the most random, you know, it's, it's a Tuesday in February. This is the most random time for a college football coach to resign, you know? Right. Right. Most definitely. Yeah. I I agree with you, man. This stuff should be like, like known uh, almost in bowl games where you tell your guys is my last bowl game. You know, I'm not coming back next year. Let's do this, you know, win one for the Gippers type of speech, you know what I'm saying? Or like after their bowl game, you know, so, so you don't feel the uh, you know, the, the kids who you recruited have a few more years with you off, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, unprecedented, absolutely, a random Tuesday in February. I, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Joe. Um, and yeah, I would have loved to give Mark D'Antonio a proper send off. You know, like if he said before that Maryland game where th- that they needed to get to a bowl game, if he said, you know, if we make a bowl game, that's going to be my last one. Like, I would have loved for that to happen because you know watching that pinstripe bowl, it was just kind of boring. Like I didn't have any real interest if they won or lost, and then you know, come to find out almost two months later, it was the last time I'd be watching a Mark D'Antonio coached game. So I was a little disappointed, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, like t- talk about, like, snatching the rug out from underneath you, you know what I'm saying? So I think if if you knew it was D'Antonio's last game and the players knew as well, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to go back to the, the window for the Gipper, but you're going to be a little more invested in that game. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? The players will be a little more invested in that game. So, yeah, it's like not knowing and then looking back on it, you're like, what a bummer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, was- I was – that weekend I was on the fence about uh, getting tickets to that Michigan State-Maryland game. If I had known it was going to be Mark D'Antonio's last time coaching at Spartan Stadium, I would have absolutely gotten those $2 tickets, you know? Right, and like I, I think – you know, and I think it's just unfair how he how he like stepped away. You know what I'm saying? Especially having this three year like, uh, you know, unprecedented skid off of go, going to the playoffs, going to the national champion, going to in Indianapolis. You know what I'm saying? Have nine nine great years and then to fall off the last three four years, and then end it like this. It's just like I to me, I feel like there was something more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there, there was a reason I wasn't upset by the news. I was definitely sad that night when I kind of, like, came to a realization, like, the era is really officially over. Like, the book is closed on Mark D'Antonio now. It's not just over because a bunch of fans are upset. Like, it's done. Right. Um, and, yeah, for, for a couple hours, I was kind of waiting for the, the other shoe to drop because of the, the deposition with Blackwell and everything. Um. But now, like, a lot of the lawyers that were um, working with Curtis Blackwell are kind of dropping the case. You still with me? I'm here. Okay, sorry. That was weird. Um, You're good. But, yeah, um, you know, if, if we want to wrap up Mark D'Antonio talk, I don't really have too many more comments to say other than I don't think his overall legacy is tarnished at all. Um, no. But, but uh, man, it's, it's going to take a while I, for me to forget the last, 
pretty much since the night they played Bama. Right, but I think I think he's I, I think he's still um, he still needs to have a a, a statue uh, erected. I I don't think what he's done the last three years doesn't doesn't erase you know his legacy there. I think that guy came into a poop pile and he and he, and he literally polished a piece of turd into gold. You know what I'm saying? I think I think what kills uh, state fans and kills you know people like you, Joe, is that. That 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 gold turned back into a pile of poop, and and then he's like, "All right, I'm done." You yeah. know what I'm saying? And when you're saying about the deposition, like to me, I feel like all that came all about that right time, right around that time, and then he resigns. To me, like I feel like he was forced and pushed out. And um, you know, this will go into our Michigan State thing too. So, but when it, when they introduced Mel Mel, Mel uh, Tucker. You know, it was Izzo. It wasn't D'Antonio saying, hey, um, kind of like handing down the reins to the next guy. Like, hey, you know, take care of our baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, welcome to, you know, Spartan Nation. It didn't go down like that, you know. So I feel like D'Antonio's back there, right? He he doesn't come with a little bit of bitterness. A little bit of bitterness. The guy that they bring in is making two times more money than him. They've given him money for uh, to uh, to build his faculty up. You know what I'm saying? Did did they kind of railroad D'Antonio out of there because the whole Blackwell thing? I mean, like it all like coincides with each other. So like, is it? Is it not? I don't know. But right. it's just it's to me it's just fishy how it went down. And then the whole Luke Fickle thing went all crazy. You know what I'm saying? It, with it uh, might be a, a few years before we really know. Yeah, and um, right. Talking about the money, if Mark D'Antonio at any point had gone to the administration and been like, if you give me X amount of dollars to go hire a new staff, I'll, you know, I'll do it. They would have given him any, any amount of money he was looking for, but they knew no matter how much money they were going to give him, he was just going to spend it on his same old boys. He just wanted to run a retirement home. Right. That too. So, so it's like, that's what tears me. It's like, is it, is it, he was never going to change so they were so they were gonna oust him, or is it because of the whole Blackwell scandal and everything that they didn't want to deal with all that crap right. again with with Nasser, ESPN's on on air just bashing uh, Michigan State left and flipping right, you know what I'm saying to the point where Molly Kiram was telling them to get get rid of uh, D'Antonio and like the coaches. Over. It's just like it's just like way too much, you know what I'm saying? But like yeah. slice it how you want to slice it. To me, it's it, it's just fishy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and like I said, it might be a few years until we know exactly the situation. But for now, um, you know, going on to Mel Tucker, first off, uh, you talk about the mood of an entire fan base changing instantly. Uh, Us Michigan State fans, we went from the basketball team being on a three-game losing streak, and then it seemed like the football coaching trail had totally dried up, and then boom, within a, a couple hours, you not only get the win at Illinois, which we'll get into, um, right, but then you get Mel Tucker at about two o'clock in the morning, and it was someone who I really thought was out of the running just because of the tweet he made on Saturday night, saying you know he was sticking with Buffalo and uh, you know everything with that. I think like a lot of people, he thought that Michigan State and Fickle were going to get a, a deal done. I don't know what the deal was with Fickle or. Um, why he chose to stay at Cincinnati, but, uh, you know, I can't, can't hate him for it. You know, he, he said it was because of his family and everything. I don't, I'm not going to point at him and be like, no, there are other things behind it. Like, you know, that's, that's good enough for me. Um, so yeah, I didn't know too much about Mel Tucker before Fickle announced he wasn't coming. And like I said, I, I kind of assumed Fickle would be coming. So I didn't make too much of Mel Tucker's tweet. Uh, there was actually a bad joke on the Paul Bunyan podcast we recorded on Sunday where uh, my co-host Mike said he thought Mel Tucker was just trying to get a raise and like you know, Mel Tucker might be Michigan State's eighth option. Um, and I, I didn't disagree because I honestly didn't know who he was. Um, so, you know, I looked it up and, you know, so I, I knew who he was when they announced the hire. And that being said, I'm very excited at the potential of this offer. Honestly, looking back at it, I do think going into the process, Fickle was 1A due to just the head coaching experience he has. He's 
got three years at Cincinnati under his belt now, and two of them were 11 win seasons, whereas Tucker right. just has the one year so far. Um, I, I would say Tucker was someone Michigan State wanted badly and uh, someone that, you know, when when these coaching search firms are made, you know, they'll kind of reach out to the coaches who have ties to the school. And Nick Saban was somebody who was telling Michigan State to go after Mel Tucker. After him. Right. Um, Mel Tucker, didn't he hire Mel Tucker like three different occasions? Three different so. occasions. Uh, Michigan State general uh, uh, graduate assistant. I uh, went to be the defensive back coach at LSU and I was the associate head coach and defensive back at Alabama. Um, so I'm just going to kind of run through uh, Tucker's resume real quick. Like I right, said, right. Uh, uh, 97, 98 Michigan state graduate assistant uh, went to Miami, Ohio to be a defensive back coach, which uh, not coincidentally, I don't think is uh, the same position. Mark D'Antonio coached under Saban at Michigan state um, kind of serendipitous, I think. Then mm-hmm. he was the, the defensive back coach under Saban at LSU in 2000. From 2001 to 2003 was the Ohio State defensive back coach under Mark D'Antonio. Mark D'Antonio actually got him to leave LSU to come up to Columbus. And then uh, when D'Antonio left, he became the co-defensive coordinator with Luke Fickle at Ohio State. Uh, has some NFL coaching experience from 05 to 07. He was the Browns defensive back coach, uh, was the Browns defensive coordinator in 2008, spent 2009 to 2012 with the Jaguars as a defensive coordinator, associate head coach, and uh, had about five games as the interim head coach there, was the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator from 2013 to 14. Uh, 2015 spent with Alabama as the defensive back coach, associate head coach, won a national championship. And then 2016 through 2018, Georgia defensive coordinator, uh, got to another championship game with Georgia and then, uh, 2019 Colorado head coach. So, uh, some people are encouraged by, um, somebody staying put for so long. Some people are encouraged by, uh, having a lot of different coaches and experiences on your resume, you never know until all is said and done or until the tenure is at least a couple of years old, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Most definitely. I think, I think you, you rattle off all the regions he's from, but dudes did this foot like every single region of, you know, America, except for really the East coast, you know, he, yeah. he's got strong ties <laughs> in Ohio, very strong ties in Ohio, strong ties up here in Michigan, strong ties down South because of LSU, Strong ties out west because of um, Colorado. It, 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 I don't know how Colorado, but you feel about him now. You know what I'm saying? So you oh, let, but, you know. I've seen I've seen some trash talking of the man on Twitter from the Colorado fans. So I know they they aren't happy. And, and you know what? Fair enough. You know, I, I I would understand it at that point. But you know, at, at the end of the night, this is a business. This man is going to make double the money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's going to go back. He's going to go back to area where he's you know he's well known. He he, he knows. Uh, a lot of, I mean, it's down that it's down that same channel as you know the Ohio, the Ohio State friends. You know what I'm right. saying? I, I don't so, think I don't think Michigan State was a dream job for Luke Fickle, and I don't fault him for that because he didn't. Outside of being close with D'Antonio, he didn't have any ties to Michigan State, and um, that's what Tucker talked about at his press conference the other day. He said, "Since I was uh, a graduate assistant, making 400 bucks a month and sleeping under my desk." coming back here and being the head coach has been a dream job. So no, you offer me my dream job and twice the salary. I'll move across the country. I'll move anywhere. You know, you know, you know, I agree with you. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I just think Mel Tucker is, I, I think he's going to be sneakily surprising to all of Michigan state fandom. I'm nervous as a Michigan fan. Okay. Because right now that man walked into uh, Lansing with just as many Big Ten title as, titles as Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> right? So I, I can't say too much. You know what I'm saying? Like I, you got to give this guy a chance. To me, it's kind of like he's. Yeah. It's a kind of the, like the same. To me, the same path is kind of like uh, your boy Jawan Howard's taken. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And we'll get into that later because you know this is his first real time. I, I, I know he played, he, he coached for, you know, head coach at Colorado. So this is, that was kind of his first thing, you know, this is kind of Jawan's first thing. So it's like, I want to see these guys excel most definitely, you know, yeah. but 
you know, on the on the Michigan on the on the recruiting side of these coaches too, it's like, is this the Rooney rule? You know what I'm saying? So it, it was this part I, of it. Is this is this what threw Flick, Fickle and Dan Antonio off? You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. You, you, like you said, it's going to come out in a few years. You can only speculate. But this is what you guys have now. This is what State has now. And I don't think he's like as as bad as everyone thinks he was. Like no. eighth, eighth pick. You know, like looking at his resume, right? Like who is this guy? And I looked at his resume. I was like, he doesn't have that bad of a resume. No, you know what I'm saying he's That's he's been thing. on championship like, teams. So. Unless you're an absolute football junkie, like we just we don't know who the defensive coordinator at every school is. Like when I first saw his name, no, I didn't know he was defensive coordinator of that Georgia team that got to the championship and right. was a, a game within the playoffs again. I didn't know he was on that Alabama staff that won a national championship uh, second year of the playoffs. Um, and you know how how does this change expectations for Michigan State football? For the 2020 season, I would say not much. There, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room in terms of how he can mold his roster to his liking. You know, right, um, right. That being said, Michigan State wasn't going to win the 2020 Big Ten title regardless of who their coach was. It just wasn't going to happen with the way uh, things have been going the last couple of years. But it, it changes the feeling if Michigan State went. Seven and six again under Mark D'Antonio, it would have been just an absolute bummer. If they go seven and six or eight and five this year under Mel Tucker, it changes a lot of things. And the outlook for the future is definitely more bright today than it was 10 days ago. Personally, I'm much more excited for Michigan State football now than I was before Mark D'Antonio made that announcement. And again, it's no disrespect to Mark D'Antonio. Um, but, you know, I, I said it to you the other day off air because uh, you kind of asked me. I said, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. The things that had made D'Antonio so successful on his rise towards the end, those were the same things that were actively participating in his downfall. And right. Still, for Michigan State to be looking at back-to-back seven and six seasons as a downfall, that says a lot about where Mark D'Antonio took the program because when he got in seven and six would have been a miracle. True. And, he, and another thing is too, is that sometimes a fresh face, a fresh ideology, yes. a fresh outlook on something might change everything. It might change the culture. You don't know. So yeah. yeah I mean, like you, you said that word good. culture, Michigan state before D'Antonio had absolutely zero culture. He needed to have his assistance with him to establish that culture that he wanted to set. Uh, Mark or Jim Harbaugh's done a lot of good at Michigan, I would argue, but his uh, his assistants have been a revolving door. It's been hard for him to really establish a culture at Michigan. So those first nine seasons of Mark D'Antonio were absolutely amazing, and I do think it played a part the fact that he had the same staff aside from a few. Uh, people moving on and a few people being added on. It was mainly the same staff in the large part. But those last four years, you know, sports, not just football, sports overall is changing day by day. And you need to have younger, fresher, newer, not, not even smarter, just newer ideas in the room. And for four years, Michigan State just has not had that. Yep, true. And I think also that, like, we're used to seeing those paternos and, you know, 15, 20, 30 year, you know, coaching tenures. I don't think you're going to be doing that anymore. No, unless you're, I think unless it's you're gonna be like or, or Dabo or you're right. at a place like Northwestern or Stanford. It's just, it's not going to happen. I think these young coaches coming out of like the max are, are like the dudes that are coming up. And like, I'm not taking anything away from Mel Tucker, but like these dudes no. that are like, who, who honestly, learn from greats you know what i'm saying you know you go down to ohio state you're absorbing all that knowledge you know what i'm saying you you come from michigan state you're absorbing all that knowledge. you go down to alabama lsu how much knowledge you are gaining you know what i'm saying so i think people that sell this man short just should kind of just take a seat back and if you if you have reservations just just watch it out just yeah. wait it out and then you and- can make make your decisions in four years, we, we might know it wasn't a home run hire. And in four years, we might look back and be like, yeah, this was an absolute slam dunk. It's, right. it's impossible to know. And he has yet to name his, his uh, coaching staff. And that's what I'm 
waiting anxiously on. But I'm just going to rattle off some li- some reasons why I'm excited. Uh, number one, he is a highly regarded recruiter. Uh, during his yes, time, I was going to say that too. He was during a good his recruiter. time at Alabama and Georgia, he was ranked in the top 20 of recruiters. And not just recruiting, but he knows the area of Detroit. And he, he said that at his press conference with just the absolute seriousness. He was like, Michigan State needs to win Detroit. And that is a place they have not been winning. You remember when uh, Schnellenberger established the culture at the U and then Jimmy Johnson came in after him. They made it a point to win what they called the state of Miami and keep those players home. That's exactly what Michigan State needs to do. Yeah, I think, but I think it's going to be tough for for State, even Mich- even even the Wolverines to do that because you have places like uh, um, Ohio State that tend to poach yeah. are really good players even, out of Detroit. Even so, Luke Fickle at Cincinnati is doing it. That's why Michigan State wanted him so bad. Right. So it's like, yeah, uh, we we you're right, dude. Michigan. I think the the colleges, our main colleges in Michigan, need to win back our state as well. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Too many people are leaving for Ohio State, dude, and I'm sick of freaking seeing it, dude. And that's I, I don't care. Go 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 to go to go to Lansing. Go to Ann Arbor, please. I don't care where you go. As long as you keep and it in Michigan, you know what I'm saying. You know I'm where sick a couple, of Ohio State win. You know where a couple of those players were going was Colorado. <laughs> hey, um, hey, maybe Mel can bring him back. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Um, but you know, I, like I said, Saban recommended him, and it's it's no small thing that Saban wanted him three different times each time and Saban wanted him on staff by name. He won championships on the Ohio state staff and the Alabama staff and was right there for the third with Georgia and 17. If Tua doesn't come in and just take the world by storm. Absolutely. Um, He has a similar specialty as D'Antonio. Like I said, defensive backs, defensive coordinator. Uh, It seems he's not as stubborn. Um, He says Michigan state was his dream job and he knows the Detroit Cleveland area, which Michigan state has lost. Um, you know, and he's worked with the greats. He worked for Trestle, D'Antonio, Saban, uh, Kirby Smart, a defensive mind at Georgia. Played for Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin. Um, yeah, but there are some reasons to be nervous. Like I said, only one year of being the head coach. Um, that's when you really start to like realize how you handle the, dif- the different situations that a defensive coordinator doesn't have to deal with, you know. Right. Uh, this player is slipping up in grades. This player's uh, not officially in trouble with the law, but there are some allegations or something. Or um, you know, there's a quarterback competition. You you need to make the final decision on that. Um, also, you know, he has Big Ten ties, like I just stated, but he hasn't coached in the Big Ten for a while. Um, so yeah, don't get me wrong, MSU. I don't think will be back in Indy. Uh, in 2020 or 2021, but I say if they win between six and eight games, it feels a lot better. And, um, you know, the program just felt stagnant since Lewerke's sophomore year. And uh, it finally feels like Michigan State's building something. Um, And the fact that Michigan State's opening up a checkbook for Tucker to go get assistance, we'll see what he does with that. Uh, But that's overall encouraging because – I think they could have gotten Saban to stay a couple more years if they just uh, opened it up, opened up that pocketbook a little bit more. Yeah, most most definitely. I think I think <laughs> some uh, like you said, uh, how how quickly the MSU fan base turned from not getting fickle to oh my god, thank God. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You one day one day you got you know uh, what's his name Brian Masala, you know. No, you know, that was embarrassing and all that honesty. was bad. That was bad. And then I'm thinking to myself, it's like, all right, Fickle has these loop ties to Avenue from Lansing to Columbus and Cincinnati. It's like, hey man, you know, like you might you might tease some people off who were, you know, are really good friends with Loop, whatever and whatnot. And then from a twenty four hours point, everyone's at the lowest because of Brian Mazzano's comment, Luke Fickle not coming to twenty four hours later. They having you know Mel Tucker being announced as a as your guys head coach, I think it alleviated some pressure from not only MSU fans but obviously the school itself. So I think I personally think, and I'll predict this right now, that people are going to be pleasantly surprised with Mel Tucker. I, I'm 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 as a Michigan fan, I'm glad that you guys got him 
over Luke Fickle. I'm not going to lie. But still, like you said, like, you're not going to know until four years down the line. But then again, you're not going to know four years down the line unless you don't pull this higher off. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like. After year one, did Beeline look like a home run higher? Not exactly. Right. Uh, right. After year so, one, after year one, uh, Brady Hoke looked like an absolute slam dunk of a higher. Um, so, yeah, it's going to take some time. I I really I need to preach patience to the Michigan State fan base. I think everybody kind of knows uh, that it's going to take time for Michigan State because it's just a job that takes us. It demands a certain type of personality um, because you're going up against Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan. And, you know, Notre Dame's not on the schedule every year, but they're on the cycle and they're in the recruiting battles. And now with the sport being the way it is, you have to deal with the Cincinnati's and the Kentucky's and the schools like that coming into your territory, trying to poach players. Um, It's, it's going to be testing. Um, There's, there's some exciting players for Michigan state on offense coming back. I think Elijah Collins has a lot of potential. I think on defense, Antoine Simmons was talking at the press conference last night. Uh, I think he'll be a captain. Um, But it's going to take some time. Definitely. Um, but I think a lot of fans are more excited. I'm definitely looking at ticket prices again, which I wasn't doing for the last couple of months. So uh, that should tell you something. Yeah, most definitely, man. And then if you want to transition right into MSU basketball with Izzo, Get right and you're talking it. about, and you're talking about the, um, you know, Mel Tucker's introduction press conference last night, you know, there was a face missing. It was Dan Antonio, but Dan Antonio, excuse me, but you know, Izzo being the consummate professional dude, like, like as a Michigan fan, I'm supposed to hate Izzo, you know what I'm saying? But as a, as a lover of the Michigan state basketball, Magic John's my favorite player. I have nothing but the utmost, utmost respect for Izzo and what he did. He didn't have to come out there and, nah. and, and, and do that for uh, uh, do that for Mel. I think I think when it comes to doing the, the right things, Izzo is absolutely guilty of it, and it's not a bad thing, dude. You know, you know, I was raised like that. Always do the right thing. Always do the right thing. No matter if everyone else is doing the wrong thing, you always do the right thing. And yeah. I think that's that, that's why my heart goes out to Izzo because he did the right thing. He didn't need to come out there and do it. That should have been Dan Tonio's job to he, do that. You Izzo, know what I'm saying? Izzo Swallow your pride like, and go out there. Izzo seems like the type of guy that looks at a lot of things as opportunities and might, and you know, can be talked into taking just about any opportunity. And I, I thought Izzo's speech, it was a little bit long for what the situation was, but I really enjoyed it. He talked about how he spent 37 years at Michigan State and he, you know, met his wife, had his kids, uh, and will die and be buried in East Lansing. You know, it was, it was good to see, and he he wasn't just talking about football and basketball, but you know he was, he, he was like talking trash to the women's golf coach. You know he's, <laughs> he's he was just being Tom Izzo, and um, yeah, I, for Mark D'Antonio, I don't I don't know why he wasn't there. It is it is fishy. I agree. Um, I don't know if it's bitterness. Like I said, uh, there have been a lot of speculations, a lot of rumors about the way he exited. Uh. Some people saying he was forced out uh, a little bit more gently than a, your classic force out, but a lot of people are implying mm-hmm. it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just saw it as saw it as like not his time to be there. Um, but yeah, I don't know what he would have said if he was there. Um, but you know, yeah. If you want to get into basketball. Um, you know, Michigan with Isaiah Livers looks a whole lot different than Michigan without Isaiah Livers. That goes without saying. Oh yeah, most definitely. I think we were missing him, but still, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna listen to that narrative because no. State lost. Uh, uh, what's his Langford. face? Langston. Langford. Keep calling Langston because of because <laughs> uh, Gall- of Galloway. But Langston, no, yeah, Galloway like, and then Cash right, Winston. So, those three, right? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Messed me up. So Langford, I mean, they lost Langford. They lost one of the biggest dudes. You know what I'm saying? And 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 they were still, you know, competing. Not what everyone, not what everyone expected them to. You know what I'm saying? You know, from going right. from number one to dropping down, like there were, you're definitely hitting some bumps in the road. Yeah, look, but Michigan me, State, Michigan State had no business being ranked number one uh, preseason after it was announced that Langford was going to be out, and it looked like Hauser wasn't going to be eligible. 
that's why preseason rankings are just utter BS. <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> with you. Such crap, right? So, like, it, it sucks to see him do that. But then again, it's like uh, injuries should never be a – a reason why you do, I I get it I get it yeah. oh we don't have our but you know what that's why the next man in line needs to step up he needs to have that same amount of passion same amount of heart I don't want to hear it we watched we watched Drew Brees go down uh, earlier this year Teddy Bridgewater set up did one hell of a job you know what I'm saying so people need to step up I don't want to hear it I don't want to hear that uh oh well uh, Livers was down so what and step up you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. for for Michigan, yeah, he looks a lot better. I think that um that Franz Wa- Franz Wagner is getting a little more acclimated to the offense. You know, uh, they brought his German uh, coaches in to help him with his jump shot because it was <laughs> off. He's looked like he's popping a little better. But yeah, I still think Teskey's soft. I still think our big men are soft. And when they play teams like Michigan State and Illinois, where I think Tillman can just body him, and even even though Michigan won that game, Teskey was nowhere. You know what I'm saying? I, I at the beginning of the game, I thought Tillman was going to eat. You know what I'm saying? He was pushing around. Tillman's what six nine, six eight. He's pushing around seven three. Teskey. It's like, come on, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it, it just kills me how soft our big men are. But, I, but our guards, I, I like our upcoming guards. I like Nunez. I like the Julius. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't. I, I would. I, I want to see what they're going to become. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then to mix that, mix that in with Jawan Howard's. You know, his actual recruiting class. I'm just. I'm I'm I've been present, pleasantly surprised with Michigan. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't expect a whole lot out of them this year. Kind of like how you're approaching, you know, next year's football. You know what I'm yeah. saying? With with you know what I'm saying? You you're gonna be cautiously optimistic. You know what I'm saying? It's your squad. You're gonna root for them, no doubt. But you know that they're not there at their peak performance. You don't know they're not where they need where they need to be. But you give them time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what I've all been asked about Michigan State is that they give time. They, they take their time, they figure themselves out, they figure out the culture, they figure out identity, and they just compete. And so I've been pleasant, pleasantly surprised with them, man. Um, and I, I, I don't, you know, I don't really care if they land in the champion in, the, in a, uh, I know it's going to sound crazy. I really don't care if they go to the, um, or lose in the first few, first round of the, um, of the tourney, I just want them to, you know, to get there or the NIT or something and just compete and just, you know, build a better chemistry. And then, yeah, you know, so start, hey, start a foundation. I like what they've been, right. I like what they've been doing. They had, uh, I think, uh, three wins in a row after losing to uh, Illinois. But um, Illinois is a tough team. And then, you know, with with Cockburn and uh, what's the other guy's name? Shivas Olavelli, whatever his Bishana name is. Bishana Sfili. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's that's a tough squad, and then and on the flip side, flip side to see Michigan State, you know, just win that one with a with a putback dunk, you know, a few seconds left, you know, that got me out of my seat. So oh it's my like, goodness, and it was, I mean, it was redemption yeah. for Xavier Tillman because you look at the Wisconsin game, there were about five possessions where Tillman had the ball near the basket and just could not connect on what he's been so good at this year, the last two years, and um. You know, then the Penn State game happened, and the Michigan game happened. And that was this this Michigan State team is so up and down. It's concerning at times because you wonder if there'll be anything if if a third guy's going to step up outside of Cassius and Xavier Tillman. But right. then a night like Tuesday night happens at Illinois, and there's a four minute stretch where both Winston and Tillman are on the bench, and you just see Rocket Watts and Aaron Henry playing in their zone, a sophomore and a freshman, and you think it like, you know, if one of these guys can bring it every night, it's a totally different team, let alone if both of them are playing like this, you know. Um, And I know Illinois' guards aren't the greatest defensively, but still the fact that, uh, you know, Rocket Watts, he just has the alpha dog mentality. You know, there are – there are some moments in a game, and we saw it a lot in high school. We haven't seen it as often this year because he's still learning his role. But he just has uh, – sometimes he has this attitude like, F you, it doesn't matter how I need to get this basket. I'm putting this ball in this basket, you know? Right, most definitely. But then but then again, that that, that kind of mentality too leads you to having a uh, one-for-16 shooting night like a Damian Lillard or a Russell Westbrook <laughs> right. at those times. But, like, yeah, you, you mentioned Aaron Henry and Rocket Watts. I think those two guys 
our key to you know the rest of the season. I, I like I like Henry from last year to this year. I've noticed that he's a little more level headed. Yeah. He makes better decisions. You know, what I'm saying he does. You know, he like last year I saw a few times where he just gets stuck and not know what to do and and pivot and pivot and pivot and look to dump it and then you know uh, turnover. You know. Yeah. So I, I like that he's a little more level headed this year. Rocket Watts to me. He needs to be less apprehensive. You get, get what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Just do like you said. You have that alpha dog mentality, dude. You have that mamba mentality, dude. Kill it. I've seen. I've seen him stroke it. You know. You, don't be apprehensive. Shoot it. I, I said the same thing about Xavier Tillman earlier this year. Sometimes he gets apprehensive and he'll dribble and he'll look lost and he'll stop and he'll look to you know he'll look for Cassius or another guard. When honestly, bro. You're big, you're strong. You can take a lot of these cats, back them down. You can even pop it in their face. But he's been doing better than that. He's been doing a lot yeah. better. But Rocket Watts, he's been a little more apprehensive. I want to see him, like you said, take control and, uh, you know, just have the alpha dog mentality, you know what I'm saying? Just go and, at it like that every game. You know what we've seen from Watts that I don't think I've seen from any Michigan State freshman is – there are times where like Izzo's chewing him out and he's at, he reaches a certain point and Watts is just like, all right, that's enough. Like, and I think Izzo and Watts have a good understanding between them where Izzo, Izzo knows how to coach each of his players. He knows that Aaron Henry did, he needs a little bit of a, a boost. He needs you to be kind of on his ass all the time. Right. Um, Winston, you know, casual Cassius at times, at times he needs you to be mellow like him at times. He needs you to, meet him halfway so that mellowness can mesh with the intensity, you know? Um, right. Bridges, he was always telling Miles Bridges to be more selfish, be more of a jerk, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's funny seeing, like, last year, uh, Tom Izzo kind of get heat for the whole Aaron Henry situation. You know, we talked about it on this podcast for uh, his his reaction to uh, Aaron Henry's play against Bradley and all the media kind of trying to take him to task for it. If you look at him, yeah. if you look at him and Watts this year, Watts will give it back to Izzo as much as Izzo gives it to him. It's it's hilarious. And you know what, man? That's what happens, dude. I've gotten in fist fights with my greatest of friends, dude. Five minutes later, we're hugging each other. Next day, we wake up like well, how stupid we are, you know. <laughs> but the, but but it just like I tell my kids, I'm like, I get on you guys' butts and I you know yell or I'll be you know, straightforward with you guys because I love you guys. Yeah. The moment, the moment where I stop, be scared because I've given up on you. You know what I'm saying? So I think you, a, a, as a coach, you kind of have that mentality too. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, Izzo goes at him because he sees something at him. And he, and, and tempers will flare and, and everything will flame up. But you know what, man? That flame will always come down because at the end, it's love. It's not my love. And you, you, you want to see, you know, your kids grow because, you know, don't get confused. These kids are kids to Izzo. He sees them as his children. He's raising them for five, for, from like two to five years. These kids are going to be with him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they touch his life like he touches theirs. And you know what, man? There's nothing like, like, uh, I forget what, what D12 guys said it, you know, you know, what's a little bit of, out of fighting and alcohol poisoning tomorrow you guys will be boys again you know what i'm saying that's how it goes you you fight you fight your friends you argue with the people that you love the people that you don't pay your mind to you don't waste your breath on them those are people that you just, i don't waste my breath on you yeah. you know what i'm saying that's how you know yes you actually freaking love somebody man because the moment i moment i stop talking to you i stop messing with you guess what do i give it up on you because i'm done you know so that's just who Izzo is you know and then the media can spin it all they want to spin it most of these media media people were in diapers when Izzo got that job at Michigan State, so they don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? They didn't they didn't grow up watching Izzo. They didn't grow up watching uh, uh, Bobby Knights. You know, getting in people's face. You know what? I'm so sick of that. That's this is what this country needs. This this country is full of snowflakes, and and everybody's offended, and every and you can't tell people this and that. And you know what? Kudos to Izzo last year when he told me, hey, listen, I'm going to I'm 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 get into you right now. I'm going <laughs> right. to dig into you a little bit. Can I do that? I'm just letting you know. Am I, are we good? All right. <laughs> you know, and that's cool he did that, but I feel like that's just like, God, that's even too much at some times. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I agree with you, man. Yeah, just... no, we're, we're there 100%. Um, right. So, yeah, I'm, 
for the keys for like the season to be successful for both teams. Um, like I just said, I think Roger Watts, he needs to continue coming on because we saw him have that gear against Wisconsin a couple times. Uh, and we, we just saw it against Illinois. I need to see it in consecutive games. There's a big game against Maryland coming up on Saturday night. I'm super excited for it. I've got my tickets. I've had them since December. They're going to be rocking the uh, 2000 throwbacks. That team's going to be there. Um, college game day is going to be there. I have a suspicion that Mel Tucker is going to be there. Um, <laughs> so I want to, I want to see rocket Watts do it on Saturday night, do it in consecutive games. And uh, Aaron Henry, he was aggressive against Illinois and he had a good second half against Michigan. So he kind of put it together for three halves for the first time since March. Um, I want to see that aggression all the time. I want to see him step up to the plate. You know, Dan Dockage was talking about three three o'clock hitters, those major ball, major baseball, major league baseball players who uh, do really get all their stats done during the day games, but when the lights are on, they kind of fade away. And uh, no offense to Henry, I'm not trying to like rag on anybody, but at times he he looks like a three o'clock hitter. It's time to step up, be a prime time player, because um, March is just a couple weeks away. Yeah, most definitely. I'm with you. And if I, I'm a Michigan side, I want, like I've said this all year long, I want to see our big men bang. You were not going to exactly get past Illinois. Yeah. Right. We're not going to get past uh, uh, Kofi Cockburns or Benajes Vili's or, or Tillman's. We're not going to get past these big dudes, man. You know what I'm saying? They need to. And, and I, and I, and the only person that I see that wants to bang is Davis. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that guy's out there and, he, and he's, and he's, Front in the post, and he's not letting these dudes push him around. He's the only one that does. It. He's he's the least skilled, least skilled big man out there. Yeah. But he's playing his part when he needs to go out there. I love him for that, dude. Yeah. But but Teske and Castleton, they need to get big. Xavier needs to keep shooting the way he's been shooting the past two games. Oh my god, he's shooting threes and he's like stroking. You know what I'm saying? I just want to keep uh, seeing that. And then Livers, and this I just need Livers to. Mama mentality it up because they really don't have nobody that's going to be able to do that. Yeah, you hit on my keys exactly. I thought Teske all season, his defense has just been uh, kind of a step below what it was last year. Um, his offense is fine at, for the most part. Um, like, yeah, you tell me all the time how soft he is, and I, I thought he was going to take a step up. I thought Howard was going to really work with him. Haven't seen it yet. And then, um, yeah, I need my boy Jeff Jackson to continue uh, leading the team. Oh, I mean, uh, Xavier Simpson. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to go into the next subject, talking about someone who did not have a mama mentality, uh, the Pistons shed some weight this past week, if you want to uh, lead us off on that. Yes, Andre Drummond is in Cleveland with Beeline. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But uh, I don't mind. Everyone's like, "Oh, we didn't get anybody back." It's like, hey, you know what, man? We got we got some good players. Everyone doesn't like Brandon Knight because he got dunked on by DeAndre Jordan, <laughs> which that's what a seven foot three guy is supposed to do to a guy that's uh, a foot shorter than him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's not impressive to me. What's impressive to me is uh, uh, Vince Carter dunking over an eight foot Latvian. You know what I'm saying? That's impressive to me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I like still Brandon. Doing it I like fifty too. <laughs> Right. Thank you. You know, so I like I like Brandon Knight. Uh, I like John Henson. I think John Henson's a good role player. He has a lot of ties to Michigan. He played uh, high school bar ball in uh, Lake Orion for a little bit. I did not know that. Um, he's familiar with the Detroit area, so that's cool. Um, the Pistons were going to get him uh, until Andre Drummond dropped. So it's kind of like you know, full circle. It's kind of weird how it kind of came around. <laughs> but for but for Dre, but for him to talk about loyalty and this and that, weren't you weren't you waving your player option? Yeah, weren't you waving your player option at no the end secret. of this year? There was no secret. You know what I'm saying? All. So 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 it's all right for you to be disloyal, Dre. But when the Pistons make a move, a business move, you want to call them disloyal, bro? I'll tell you what. I, I will work for the most disloyalist company if I can get $30 million a year. I'll be so disloyal if I'm getting that much money a year or total. I'll be so – I'll work <laughs> for the most disloyalist company, and then three years – and then four or five years later, they trade me. Cool. I'm walking out. Yeah. Not, this, guy's not, this guy's not going to the bread line. He's not going to the soup kitchen. He's jumping from mansion to mansion. All right? No, no, nothing – this. 
guys acting like he's been working summer for 40 years and they got got rid of him and cut his severance and they're not giving him no retirement package. They totally screwed him. That's how it's going down. Like, I, I can't feel bad for someone like Andre. How, how do you think your boy Blake got here? He got traded. It just it's, it happens all the time. And I'm I hate the spiel about you know I gave my heart and soul to my city. Like that's what your heart and soul looked like over the past eight seasons. That's not enough, man. Right. If if your heart and soul translated to championships and playoff wins, maybe I would feel worse to see you go. But the fact is, the first game that you play in your new team, you guys suffered the worst loss in franchise history. To me, just seals a deal with it. Seals a deal with the Pistons, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, and, and I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm li- listening to Pistons when I'm driving home at work. Oh, Pistons lose 11th in a row. And I'm sitting there like, yes. Yeah. Fist pump in the air, dude, because that's what I want. That's exactly, I want to get a good. That's exactly what I was going to get to the, it's a full-on take now for the Pistons with Blake Griffin out. Uh, honestly, good for Blake. He needs some rest. No Andre. It sets up the summer of 2020 with Reggie possibly coming off the books. Uh, and you could oh. your draft stock is just improving with every day. Uh, you let Christian Wood get some serious time at the five. You can see if he's worth an investment. Um, he had 26 and 12 last game. Yeah. You know. Uh, I know it, it's not off to a good start for Dre in Cleveland, but maybe them having him there uh, gets them a few extra games they wouldn't have won without him, and their draft stock suffers. Uh, that's some pretty long game thinking. Uh, maybe the Pistons are thinking highly of the future of Thon Maker. Um, that's not me personally. I don't I don't buy too much stock in Thon Maker, but definitely Christian Wood. Um, Seku. Yeah, Seku Dumboya, Dumbuyu, whatever his name is. I mean, we even have a rising star in our squad. Exactly. So and see Mihailu, so, yeah. Overall, yeah, the move looks like a cap dump. I, I don't think there were that many teams that were actually willing to give up a first for Drummond. I think it says a lot about not just Andre Drummond, but just his position as a whole. Like, you got to be able to stretch the floor at every position. And, uh, you know, Dre just can't do it. He's a great rebounder, might be one of the top three rebounders in the league. Uh, but outside of that, no, it doesn't bring a whole lot to the game. And, yeah, hopefully it's a big payoff for the Pistons because if you have, you know, Wood and Seku developing and then you're looking at maybe a top five pick, that's that's definitely worth not having Andre Drummond for half a season. I wish it would have happened years ago. Oh, I'm with you. You know what? I, I, I put Andre Drummond in the same category as I do, like, Clint Capella. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like It's like they're antiquated big men. They can rebound and they can do a pick and roll uh, uh, lobs to the basket all day long. Yeah, they'll play. They'll play defense okay. They'll they'll guard the rim. They'll they'll guard the rim if they're tall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what? Yeah. All right. You know who I'm gonna you know I'm gonna take for about a fraction of the money. I'm gonna take Javel McGahee, who can do all those things and give me energy for 17 minutes off the bench. I'd rather have that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Also, the Pistons uh, don't, an antiquated big man. The Pistons don't have a James Harden to host, hoist up 60 shots a game for you to get all those rebounds. So, like, it just didn't – There's it's for so many reasons it wasn't going to work long-term with Drummond in Detroit, especially when you brought Blake Griffin in a couple years back. Uh, so, right. yeah, in an ideal world, I wish that trade with the Hawks had worked out and they got a couple expirings at a – a first round pick this year, but um, no, if I was the Hawks, I definitely want to, would not have pulled the trigger on that. Cause the Hawks have such a good young core and they got some good draft stock. Like there's no reason to uh, put that in limbo for Andre Drummond. Oh, absolutely not. And like, and like, there's an argument I have with people like, yeah, Andre Drummond would be a great center in, in, in the nineties, early two thousand eighties. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong, but I, this is how I tell you nowadays. Nowadays, if you want to, if you want a big man, take all the big men in the league and shrink them down to guard sizes. Right. And if they can still ball, those are, those are premier big men that you want to go, uh, go, you shrink down Jokic. Jokic can probably be a guard. You shrink down, uh, 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 AD. AD can be a guard. You shrink down these guys, uh, you, know, you know, like uh, Boogie Cousins. You shouldn't, he still has a shot. He still has skill sets outside of just getting rebounds and catching lobs. Yeah. You know, those guys are the guys that deserve max deals in their position. Andre Jump is in the max guy to me. 
He's, he's not money that you want to spend max money on. To me, you put him in the same category as Clint Capella, in the same category as Javel McGahee. They're going to give you rebounds. They're going to give you put-back trash dunks. They're going to give you lobs. They, but they got to give you energy, right? Yeah. And that's where Javel McGahee, to me, I take him over on a drum and Clint Capella any flipping day because he'll bring you 120% every single time he's on the on the floor. Clint and Andre don't do that. They get this, like, those like, mm, this stuff's not going my way. I'm just gonna, you know, not go at it hard this game. And he and, and I've watched Drummond do that more than a dozen times, more than two, three dozen times. So it's just like I'm done with it. You know what I'm saying? So I have I have no ill will towards the man. I I I hope you know he's healthy, his family's healthy, everything's safe, he's good, he has a good career in Cleveland. But sorry, bro, your time expired here in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, no ill will towards him at all. Um, you know, he got he got the Pistons to a couple playoff runs, but for the Pistons to get anywhere near where any NBA team wants to go, it just wasn't going to happen uh, with Andre Drummond and his contract on the books. So, right, um, right. No, I don't mind the return. Um, like you said, I, I remember Brandon Knight. Um, well, I actually don't rem- remember him too much at all because he was only here for a couple years. I believe right. in 2012 and 13, then he was gone. Um, but yeah, um, if they if they absolutely blow their top five pick potentially, oh. then uh, it's all not for nothing because you're still on a little bit of a rebuild, but it sets you back a little bit. But you know, if they hit on that pick, you know, maybe we can start getting excited about professional basketball in the state again. Hey, hey, Joe, that sounds like heaven to me, too, because <laughs> we're, we're missing we're missing Ben Chauncey and those go-to-work yeah. Pistons right about now. Honestly, almost like, definitely. when Michigan State played Oakland in basketball at Little Caesars Arena, that's the fullest I've seen that stadium on TV. So that should Eek. tell you something. Yeah. That should tell you something. Um, you want to talk about something to get the blood boiling? Yeah. Um, we all remember Batman, the animated series. Uh, you know, I think that's where a lot of us got our first love for Batman. You know, it got the theme music from the Michael Keaton films. Um, right. And I'm not sure if this is solely a comic book series that's coming up or if it is going to be a TV show or both. Um, but we got news today. Paul Dini, the co-creator of Batman, the animated series, He's teaming up with artists Alan Burnett and Ty Templeton to make Batman The Adventures Continue. And note, it's called Adventures, not Adventure. I think that tips the cap. This series will be about a lot more than just Batman and Bruce Wayne. Right. So when you sent me this article, I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, my God, to bring in Batman anime series back. And I read about uh, that. I was going further and that it, it it came to me that they're gonna put it onto from like the series onto the comic book. Yeah. And from what I read in it, the the article that you sent me is that they're not really gonna skip a beat because they stopped it in what it ran from ninety two to ninety five something like that, and they stopped it, and then they ran with Superman, uh, Justice League, and of course one of my favorite cartoons ever created, Batman, Batman Beyond, Beyond. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they can go back because I because I feel like they've already had a lot more to go on and they just yeah. you know you spun off these three shows. You you know what the Star Wars universe has done with the opportunity left between Revenge of the Sith and Episode Four. You know you got the Clone Wars series, you got um, Rogue One, you got Rebels. Solo, Star Wars. Yeah, Rebels. You got. Obi Wan's coming out. There's there's that huge gap that they can just throw so much stuff in that's, there. That's kind of like what I'm relating this to. The series is gonna take place shortly after the conclusion of the original series, but before Batman Beyond. Um, Tim Drake is still on the younger side as Robin, and Bruce Wayne, Batman. He's still in his prime, but he's kind of nearing the Twilight years, you know. Um, right. So there's a lot to work with. Uh, Burnett said in an interview. Uh, They're going back to cover the gaps in the original series, events that didn't have bearing on the series at the time, but do now kind of a secret history, quote unquote, that will, as he says, he says that they will turn the Batman world upside down. So, right. uh, So that's that's exciting. (laughs) Right. No, absolutely exciting. I hope it's not like the upside down in Stranger Things, but (laughs) 
no, it's absolutely exciting, dude. Like, like, like you said, man, we grew up watching this. You know what I'm saying? We grew up watching Batman. You know what I'm saying? To me, my favorite, I fell in love with Batman, uh, you know, during, you know, uh, the 89 you know keat movie yeah my mom was a huge fan of the pow wham bang you know the uh what's his face adam uh adam west adam west yes that one and uh so like yeah batman's been around long time i think that 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 batman adventures is is really sweet i'm i'm wondering if they're going to bring it right to the dc um extended to the dc Extended, yeah, that, that that uh the app that they have. I've been watching um Teen Titans, so um I'm 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 thinking I might have to subscribe to it. You know, I don't want to have another. <laughs> there's you know, too many streamings. I'm gonna wait <sighs> until they all just kind of conglomerate, and there's only two I have to pay for. You know, right, right. <laughs> you know, hopefully, hey, let's make let's make a company where we can like uh, you can pay us to bundle everything for you bundle 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 but uh <laughs> but um yeah man um I, I think i might have to get a dc series because i'm um, dc streaming thing because they have all those dc movies which are they're animated dc's animated uh sector is great you know what i'm saying i think i think th- there were leaps and bounds ahead of marvel yeah. until marvel came out with the uh the spider-verse i think the spider-verse My- miles morales to me it's like a it's like a it's like a live action comic book have you seen it yet I into the Spider Verse. I haven't seen that one. Joe, yet. no. I please know see it. Please see it. It's such a good movie. They're coming out with a sequel. But back to DC. But yeah, um, I, I think DC. Uh, the movies are great. The last one I watched was the uh, Batman with the uh, with the turtles took on Shredder and yeah, you know and everything. But like, yeah, I hope this turns into an extension of a series. They come out with it because they were talking about Kevin Conroy, you know, the voice of Batman, you know, that we grew up listening to. You know, he was even the voice of old Batman in uh in Batman Beyond. You know, what I'm saying is this is this also gonna bring back Hamill as Joker's voice? I mean, like he's the most iconic uh, voice of the Joker in my opinion. There is. So I think there's no there's no way to go but up for DC. I think Joker should have set the precedence for what they're doing. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I, I like where the Birds of Prey is heading to. It looks dark. It looks dismal. It looks Gotham. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for this, man. I can't. I, I think I'm gonna definitely get that the DC thing, or I'm gonna go actually buy the comic books, man, rather than you know read them digitally, but. Right, comic books are gonna make a comeback. <laughs> yeah, I've already seen like so much speculation that uh, we might get the the Jason Todd storyline, uh, possibly leading to the Red Hood making an appearance. That'd be these. that would be great, yeah. dude. I, you know, and if and if Red Hood's in the mix, you know, because obviously we know that he's taking over. Where's Dick? Where's Mister Grayson? Where's yeah. Nightwing? You know what I'm saying? Couldn't they bring and him in the fray? That's where uh, the animated series left off. Was when. Nightwing and Batman were working together for the most part, and right. There was, so it's like there was never like a real uh, wrap up for the the animated series. You know, it just kind of like was done one year. Like it, it kind of got canceled. I think I think because they had such success, and they're like, well, let's spin off Superman, Justice League, and uh, Batman Beyond. You know, what I'm saying we can we can have three revenue streams instead of one. You know, what I'm saying. Yeah. So did, did something like that happen? I don't know. I hope it didn't because then, then to me, it's just like, how freaking selfish are you? You know what I'm saying? Just give us back Batman in the animated series. But definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Dini said there were characters who didn't make it into the animated series who will show up in the adventures continue. Uh, the only one he said by name was Deathstroke. Um, yes. But leading me, leading me to believe that there's going to be a whole lot more uh, coming yeah, in. Yeah. I love Deathstroke too. I think Deathstroke, you know, because my favorite, you know, Marvel character is Deadpool. Deadpool is a, is a straight up mockery off of Deathstroke. <laughs> right. You know, Slade Wilson, Wade Wilson, ha ha ha. DC, uh, Marvel made fun of it. So it's like I love Deathstroke. He was the main, uh, he was the main villain in uh, season two of Titans, and he was played by Isai Morales. Um, oh, nice. And I, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved the Titans, the Titans, uh, um, animated, not animated, live action. Uh, season season two, I just wrapped it up like a few days ago. I was saying, but if you if you can check that out, but yeah, I, 
I think I'm going to have to get that DC streaming service, especially with this news, man. I don't, ugh, you don't I don't want to spend money on another streaming service, but it's, it's, it, it's sounding too good to be true. Yeah, you don't want to miss out on anything for sure. No, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm excited again. Not sure if that's going to be just comics and like maybe a TV show develops in the later years, but that would be great. Um, this, this DC app, does it have the original Batman animated series on it? Kind of like how Disney Plus has the Spider-Man animated series? That I don't know. That's why I'm kind of apprehensive. I want to look into it, maybe get like a start, right. it, start off your free month and then explore it and then maybe cancel it. But I hope that it's like that. It, it, I, you know, I really do hope that it's like that. I'm kind of bummed that they on the Disney app that they don't actually have digital comics. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they do have a they do have a, a Marvel it's called Marvel Unlimited app. It's actually straight up, you know, Marvel. It's Disney, but it's just it's an app that you pay just to read comic books. And they have Star Wars in there because Marvel did Star Wars comic books, yeah. you know, since the early '80s. But I, I wish they would combine them. So I'm I think I'm gonna check out DC and get a free month, do the free month thing, and then check it out. And then. Just yeah, just from Googling, looks like it is available on DC Universe with subscription. Um, I'm not sure if this is per episode or for the whole series, uh, but it looks like Google Play, Amazon Prime, YouTube, iTunes, and Vudu uh, for $1.99, you can get it. Again, I don't know if that's for the full encompassing series or if that's like per episode or something like that, like season. It's probably per episode. That's just a low price yeah. for the whole season. Yeah. That's just what they show you on the Google search. Like, oh, it's only two bucks. Yeah, come on in and, and watch. He said, on the Google, it says. On the Google machine, yeah. <laughs> on the Google machine, no old interweb. <laughs> According to my sources of Google. <laughs> right. But, yeah, definitely got to check it out. But, yeah, it looks like comics are on the rise. And, like, in the great words of the great Stan Lee, Comics are like boobies. <laughs> they're cool to look at, but sometimes they're just way better to touch and feel. And, you know, <laughs> I, I love I loved that Stanley line because it's true. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and it's like until I started reading these digital, you know, comics, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's very convenient. Don't get me wrong. It's very convenient. But it's just having it in your hand, having that weight, that nostalgia. Totally understand it. But I'm definitely going to check out this DC because this article has really got me uh, – feeling nostalgic so i just want to check that out definitely definitely um a little bit of a recap of we just talked about batman the adventures plural continue uh comic book series coming up and uh, before that, the Andre Drummond trade and possibly greener pastures and brighter days for the Pistons coming up, man. That's, that's something to be possibly excited about, nervously optimistic. Right. Um, you know, Michigan and Michigan State basketball, the season continues on. They both got just a handful of games left. Um, just going down the line, Michigan's got Indiana. They're at Rutgers. Wisconsin at Ohio State, Nebraska close it out at Maryland. Michigan State, Maryland on Saturday night. Big game I'm excited for. Uh, at Nebraska, Iowa, at Maryland, at Penn State, and then closing it out with Ohio State on Senior Day. And, uh, you know, the biggest news of the week, uh, the weeks since our last episode was the sudden, I guess, retirement of Mark D'Antonio and, um, the sudden, <laughs> the, uh, the, the sudden hire, the two o'clock in the morning hiring of Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker. Um, similarly, there's some cautious optimism on my end and the uh, the minds of a lot of Michigan State fans. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a breath of fresh air. In all honesty, all respects to Mark D'Antonio, but uh, something new was needed, and uh, we'll see. Uh, can't wait till september now i mean i can't wait till march but i wasn't right. i wasn't looking forward too much to september before uh this last couple days so but yeah thank you for listening to the beers for radio podcast uh if you want to catch sasha uh on any more sports content uh more nba takes and everything like that you can find him on talk and shoot 
yeah, on crbradio.com or in your app store, it'll be CRB Radio. That's right. You guys are on Anchor as well. Anchor um, as well. For uh, more Michigan, Michigan State content from yours truly and uh, from Mike, a good friend of the show who's been on a couple times. We might have to have him back on us sometime soon and have you uh, kind of do a crosswalk with the, the Paul Bunyan podcast. Uh, we just had a new episode out. Um, we record those once a week. Unfortunately, um, we've recorded it before uh, the news regarding Mel Tucker, so there are some cold takes to expose on that one. <laughs> it <laughs> happens. If you're looking for any new additions to your wardrobe, be sure to go to far-ebar.com. I just got a shirt recently. I've got hoodies, hats, bandanas I wear all the time. So, uh, Sasha, I know you got a, a box recently. I don't know if you opened it yet or uh, if you're waiting to do some kind of unveiling. I, I, I do have it. When I got it, though, I was kind of in the middle of – we were in the middle of looking for houses yeah. still. So I, I have it somewhere. I got to find it. Gotta but I, I open yeah, I gotta find it. I opened it up. I just gotta find it. Dude, there's so many. I have so many freaking boxes that no I, gotta, I gotta find it. So. Make sure uh, you take a picture of that. That's why I can uh, post it out all over the place. Because uh, my man, my man makes good products. But again, this is the Beers Radio podcast. Thank you for sticking with us and uh, listening to us try to bridge the gap between the uh, the brain and the brawn. Absolutely. This has been Sasha, and this was Joe. Thank you. Thank you, guys.